All right, folks. Well, welcome back. You have found On This Hill, a podcast of Church on the Hill. So uh, Yeah, we're on this hill this morning. We are. Beautiful fall morning. It is a beautiful fall morning. I love this time of year. Yeah. I've got on a long sleeve shirt. We're is... rocking the flannels and the sweatshirts yep. already again. So Yeah. That's uh I, I I this time right in between like the heat of summer and the rain of winter. Right. It's is sweet. a beautiful window. Yeah. Yeah. You want to get out and hike, yeah, because you're not going to like overheat, but you're not going to come home drenched yeah. either. Yeah, you got colors and smells and yeah, all kinds of things that uh, summer. There's no smell unless it's late at night. It's just hot. Yeah, but if you're fall. watching us or listening to us from somewhere else, you might not know what we're talking about in the Lima Valley. But, but uh, come visit us. Oregon's yeah. beautiful in September. Yeah. yeah, you know the funny thing though is about smell. Like Oregon is so varied because I grew up in Eastern Oregon where it's yeah. high desert. Yeah. And there, like, the summer will have a summer rain once in a while, and the smell is just unreal. Like, yeah. it's so nice. In the nice. desert. Yeah. The, yeah, high desert. I remember loving the smell of rain. Then I moved to the valley, and I'm like, it's terrible. The yeah. rains, there's, like, there's no beautiful smell, <laughs> unless you like just the smell of mold. mold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, multiple climates. You can go to the coast, and there's mm-hmm. a smell in the valley yep. and the mountains, and in the desert, we, we've got it all. We do. Um, so speaking of fall, uh, here in the fall, we, we tend to start a new sermon series around this time yeah. because uh, family life follows the school calendar, and by then, yeah. you know, default, church tends to follow sure. the school calendar. And of course, we as a church uh, also have a school, Crosshill Christian School, so it, it, we fall into that calendar as well. And it just makes sense for us to start talking about something brand new in the fall. Kids are back to school, yeah. kind of everyone's back from vacation, yeah. and, and life is sort of... Everybody's res- getting in the rhythm. Yeah, resume some normality. And so in, uh, in praying about the fall this year, uh, I think you were the first one to start feeling this. What, what, yeah, what, did, what did you feel like we were supposed to do? Well, we, we, did a, we actually did a, just a small study among our pastors in the mm-hmm. summer, just as we got together once a week and uh, went through a book called Unwavering, and... Uh, Great book. Uh, Dodson's the author. Uh, I have that right? And uh, yeah, it's specific to pastors. Yeah, this, this book was. And I, I actually, the book was written uh, in the wake of the pandemic right. and kind of the fallout from that of uh, people leaving. We've been talking about this, right? Yeah. Um, people leaving the church. People kind of struggling with their faith, walking away from their faith, and then even pastors resigning. And uh, post pandemic or during the pandemic, in that probably eighteen month window. Uh, a large number of yeah. pastors threw in the towel. Yeah, he wrote it very personally, you know, too, from a, his personal place, not as an expert telling you, like, what should happen, but from a from a pastor saying, this is what I'm feeling during these times. I, I was just rereading the, the opening chapter, and he was describing, you know, they were on stage five lockdowns, yeah. couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. He sits down to his computer, and he's like, do I really have to do another Zoom meeting? Right, yeah. Do I really have to yeah. take more criticism for what I've... Right. For, for doing too much or not doing enough. Yeah. And, yeah, looking back, those were almost, uh, uh, those were, we all went through that. Well, mm-hmm. you and I did here at Church on the Hill. We're in Oregon. That author was in uh, Texas, uh, in the Austin area. But uh, we, some of that just seems surreal. Like, mm-hmm. are we really, are we, have we become television preachers? Have, uh, yeah. you know, uh, do we relate to everybody over a Zoom? Yeah. Uh, you know, lack of contacts, interactions, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Oh, yeah. I think it really rattled everybody, not just the church, but business, politics, you know, education, every sphere of, mm-hmm. of influence was yeah. was upside turned upside down. Yeah, sitting in the, an empty building and speaking to just a black camera 
you know, during those times as, as pastors, uh, it was challenging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. incredibly challenging. And I, and I remember thinking, someone had told me years ago, um, I think this is back in my missions days, they were talking about seasons and that uh, they were encouraging me, you're in a season right now where things are going relatively well uh, and you have this time and you have, you know, mm-hmm. this bandwidth. You should be digging a well. And what they meant by that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, There'll be a day the when, heat it will feel, come. when it feels dry. Yeah, yeah. The and, drought will come. Yeah, and you're not going to have anything. So now go deep and find those resources yeah. and, and let it be a place you can come back to. And I was thinking about that you know, during that time of the pandemic, that uh, I think what we discovered was some people's well wasn't very deep. Mm-hmm. It was a dry time, and when they went to the well, they yeah. hadn't actually done the work to like be able to pull yeah. from something. And and others realize like oh I've got enough to get me through but a lot of pastors like we said resigned yeah. at the end of that and said I what I had in the tank is all I got left and yeah. I'm I'm done yeah and and, and we don't judge and I, I wouldn't stand in judgment of anybody because no one's situation everybody's situation mm-hmm. was different but um, the one thing I think that we mentioned several times uh, that I think is true is that um, that kind of uh, um, that kind of trial or that kind of circumstance, mm-hmm. as difficult as it was, <clears throat> didn't automatically produce character in people. Right. We'd like to think that you know suffering always produces character, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's necessarily true. It depends, of course, on our response. But one thing that it did do was reveal yeah. what was or wasn't there. And so I think yeah. not just in the church world, but across the board... Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we had a number of things, sort of one right after another. We had mm-hmm. a political election. We had we had wildfires. We had you know all, we had an ice storm or ice storms <laughs> in Oregon. We had all <laughs> kinds of things. But all those things combined put incredible pressure yeah. on families, on people, on leaders, politicians, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw a little bit of the of the not so nice side. Of humanity, I think people's yeah. uh, tempers mm-hmm. uh, were shorter. I think patience was thin. I think yeah. uh, there was a lot of confusion, a lot of unknown, and of course, in the middle of it all, there are people who want to profit from it, and so fear becomes your yeah. fear was such a such a leverage uh-huh. uh, in in, in yeah. the pandemic and after, and it still is right. Yeah. You watch, you, you listen to you know whatever it's cable news or even your particular news bend, and and yeah. you watch how much fear is used to get people's attention, mm-hmm. get people's vote, get people's allegiance, and frankly, I just think that was the criminal piece. Yeah. It's funny. It's like we were all in a cage match with our families. We were all locked yeah. in. Oh, marriages. So all those, you know, struggles and insecurities, yeah. and then some of that would didn't spill out towards one another, and how one family responded as opposed to another yeah. family responded, yeah. or how leaders yeah. were responding. Yeah. Um, and so, speaking, you know, of the book, that's kind of where we felt like, okay, God is leading mm-hmm. us to talk about how how do you survive? Yeah. Times that are changing. Yeah. Yeah, our byline is uh, uh, a resilient faith in yeah. changing times. And it's interesting, as we prepared for this series, we're asking the question here as as pastors and leaders, well, okay, that was then. I think hopefully we learned a few things, yeah. uh, but also what's around the corner and, and no one knows. Mm-hmm. I was meditating on this passage of Scripture as we were preparing for this yesterday, um, in Second Timothy, we're, we're going to be in. The, mm-hmm. Actually, our series is going to be based right yeah. out of the books of First and Second Timothy, which is a perfect uh, passage. Uh, uh, these chapters are written to a church 
surrounded by conflict, the church surrounded by right. circumstances that were difficult. And, and Paul says to Timothy, he said, Timothy, mark my words, there will be terrible times in the last days. The word terrible is this idea of um, uh, strength depleting, uh, perilous. Um, yeah. Timothy, just like you're saying, Timothy, dig the well, Timothy, get mm-hmm. in shape because there's tough times coming. People are going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, TikTokers, disobedient <laughs> to their oh no, it doesn't say that. Disobedient <laughs> to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without mm-hmm. love. Un, I mean, there's this just awful list of yeah. of the dark side of human nature, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, more yeah. than lovers of God, having a form of godliness yeah. but denying its power. Now you can read that and go, that is just so depressing. That was written two thousand plus years ago, mm-hmm. and we read it today, and we're like, now that's always been around, sure. But I think the, uh, I think the volume has gone up. I yeah. think the, I think uh, the boundaries have fallen away, and I, yeah. I just think there's an indulgence in in many of those it things. It feels that, like he's reading our headlines. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Like the scroll at the bottom. Of the the screen yeah. on our news is like oh that you, you could just replace what's on the bottom of the scroll yeah. with what Paul was telling Timothy there, yeah. and perhaps part of it is there's just more news there's yeah. there's uh, access twenty four hour twenty four seven you know news feeds, mm-hmm. but I really think that part of it is what he said in the yeah. last times. I now we're not here to talk about you know what day is the last day or when Jesus is coming, but yeah. I think we should look and honestly examine, like, listen, we're living in those, at the very least, yeah. we're living in perilous times. We're living in strength-depleting times. And so what would it take to have an unwavering, a resilient faith? So can I play the devil's advocate a little bit here and ask, um, like, is that, even un- is that even realistic to ask that someone not waver or not doubt? You know, is does God ask something of us that is impossible? Um, doubt seems to be almost a virtue in our culture right now. Like you're you're considered more intelligent if you doubt something than if you believe something. I mean, I right. I think that's yeah yeah arguably true in our culture. Kind yeah, of. the 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 person who brands themselves the skeptic is in a lot of ways saying. I'm a little bit smarter than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I don't really just believe everything that's told me. I'm very skeptical. I, I, you have to prove to me these things before I believe. Um, so when thinking about unwavering, it seems like it fits also with the idea of doubt. And, and like, can we ask people to be unwavering, to not doubt? I think doubt's a healthy thing. Yeah. Um, I think there's always a time to... Uh, to self-check or yeah. check what's coming in, right? Which and it's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think doubt, however, can cross a line where you're doubting uh, the the wrong things. You're doubting sure. things that maybe should be held on to. So faith, yeah. for example, obviously yeah. we're pastors. We pastor a church, yep. and we have these convictions. And mm-hmm. the conviction we I think we have is that the Word of God is a timeless guide. Mm-hmm. For whatever whatever generation we happen to live in, whatever the circumstances are, yeah, it's like a, the, if we would call it maybe the true north. Now, mm-hmm. you may not, you may be listening to this, and and you don't believe that the Bible is true, that the Bible is relevant, or it's mm-hmm. outdated, or whatever the case may be. My question would be, well, what do you have? Yeah, what what is your true north? Is it just within you? 
Mm-hmm. Is it in politics? Is it in the economy? Is it in the United Nations? Where Where is right. your... Because what we're talking about really is hope, right? Mm-hmm. So what is, as I go through, as I journey through life, you know, maybe the metaphor of sailing or something like that, and the winds blow or the the water moves underneath me, currents of this world or currents of life, Yeah, what keeps me from being cast upon the rocks? What keeps me headed towards my destination, right? Yeah. I mean, marriage... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, who starts a marriage and says, this yeah. probably won't work, but I'm going to try it anyway? I, I was thinking about that. I, that exactly. I thought, what if I went through my marriage doubting my wife? Yeah. You know, doubting her love for me or my love for her or... Or doubting it's even a good idea. Yeah, doubting it's a good... Like, should we even be married right yeah. now? Would we be happier yeah. not married? Uh, doubting her character, doubting whether she was faithful when she wasn't around me. Uh, it'd be a pretty miserable relationship to yeah. be in. Uh, but we tend to... We tend to come to Christ like that in some ways, and and treat like, ah, is He going to come through? And mm-hmm. and I I take some, well, I take a lot of solace in how I see God and the Bible, in the Old Testament or the New Testament, handle people in their doubts. Yeah, it, he, Jesus seems to be incredibly, remarkably loving. Even John the Baptist, John the Baptist, who he he says in this passage, well, hey. If you'll believe this, this is the prophet I was telling you that's going to come before me. So he, he's holding him in very high esteem. But John the Baptist from prison says, are you really the one? Right. And he'd been preaching. He was a preacher. Yeah. He knew him face yeah. to face. Yeah. He was so, yeah. related to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and Jesus answers the question. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just say, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you doubt yeah. me? Like, what are you thinking? Like, you're supposed to be the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he actually takes his his question seriously, and to, he's because John had sent disciples to go ask Jesus, yeah. like, "Are you the one, or should I be looking for somebody else?" And John is saying this from a prison cell. Yeah, which talk is, about a low point. Absolutely, facing death, facing yeah. you know. Yeah, and he sends for back telling word. The truth. Well, tell him what you see here. You see the lame, yeah. you know, walk. You see Examine the, the evidence. Yeah, the, the th- one thing he doesn't say is he didn't say because he's quoting uh, Isaiah there. He didn't say the prisoners are set free. And Paul was a prisoner. I'm sorry, Paul. Uh, John was a prisoner at right. this time. Uh, but that, uh, and I see that. I feel like over and over again, you read the the Psalms and you you see psalmist expressing some pretty wild feelings about God. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Yeah, a wide spectrum. Yeah, but isn't it fast? I think it's fascinating though the whole mm-hmm. marriage. Going back to that for yeah. just a second, that the story of Christianity, the story of the New Testament, the Old Testament mm-hmm. is one thing. The story of the New Testament is Jesus coming and preparing a bride. So right. it's 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 couched in in deep intimate relationship terms. Ephesians 5, you know, mm-hmm. husbands he said love your wives as Christ loved the church. So the Bible doesn't just call people to some intellectual assent like yeah. okay, I agree. Mm-hmm. It calls us to this uh to be in a relationship with a yeah. God who cares and a God who sees. Now, right. in the midst of that, we live in a fallen world, but but just like you will believe the best about your wife, believe the best about what marriage, not based on what I'm experiencing, but what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that sets our true north. I think it's the same thing with faith to some degree. Right. I mean, sometimes facts, and, mm-hmm. and again, if it's, just, if it's just a mental checklist of what yeah. I believe, that's a difficult thing to hold on to. But if it's a relationship, there is a God who loves me, cares about me, will mm-hmm. ultimately have the last word in the end of time, but also in my life, that just puts flesh and blood to it yeah. for me. That um, I'm in a I'm in an intimate relationship with yeah. the God of the universe. Yeah, I I I can't unexperience what I've experienced. 
This yeah. isn't just an intellectual, like to, yeah. to speak to what you're saying, like we're called into a relationship, a marriage, you know, relationship really. And I, I can't unexperience what I felt from God. And th- there, aren't, there might be times that I'm like, ah, did that really happen? But it, it did. I've, I've felt God. And so I, it's not simply, I, I do have a doctrine that I believe. Right there's there's points to my belief that I you know I could walk through. I believe this about Jesus. I believe this about the Holy Spirit. I believe this about the Trinity. Uh, I believe this about salvation. I believe this about the great. end times. Yeah, yeah. There's a great list of things that I that I believe, but my my faith transcends the list because it's in the person of Jesus, and I've experienced the person of Jesus, yeah. and so there are a lot of things that do waver in my life. There are a lot of things I do doubt, but um, I, I, I can't doubt his love for me because yeah. he died on a cross for me. And there might be times that I don't feel that, like, man, it feels like if you loved me, you would answer this prayer I have. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something really big that's happened in my life that, that I, I, don't, I can't reconcile what I know about you and this circumstance, yeah, that it me. feels like you could change if you wanted to, because it's often the things I believe about God that are the more painful things. Like, I believe you're all-powerful, I believe you're all-knowing, and I believe you're absolutely good. So because of those beliefs, I struggle with this pain over here, because if you were all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-good, you could fix you, this. You should fix And as this. far as my perspective looks, I can't imagine why you wouldn't fix this. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems like any good God would, would do that. And so there's a, there's a wavering there, but it never, I, I, I never let it win, I guess, because nope, because I believe those things, I'm going to choose to say, yeah. there's something I don't know about the circumstance. There's something that I, I must not understand uh, that, that he's, he's doing in my life. Uh, James, I was thinking about this. James says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Crazy statement right off the Mm -hmm. bat. Count it joy when you meet trials of various kinds. That's not popular. Yeah. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Uh, I think he's describing that tension there. Like, there's, you're going to be tested. On this, yeah, uh, the wh- what you believe about God is going to be tested by the circumstances that you you're going through. And James knew, you know, he lived through the circumstances. Yeah. So he's speaking to a church like, hey, yeah. what you believe? Well, I've he, he might even be able to say like, hey, parishioner, I remember when you stood and declared your faith, uh, and 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 I know what you believe. I know the list of things you believe, and that we share that in common. There's a storm coming that's going to do its very best to tell you, no, those things aren't true. But if you'll endure that storm, the testing of your faith, it, it will produce this steadfastness. That's kind of the yeah. word where, you know, unwavering steadfastness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, isn't Paul, in, even in, in, in the book of Timothy, he speaks to those uh, trials and persecutions, but he says, mm-hmm. uh, I know whom I believed in. Right. And I'm yeah. persuaded that he's able to keep everything I've committed to him yeah. against that day, that day of, mm-hmm. of trial, persecution, and so forth. So Paul had a had a had a his life was anchored mm-hmm. not in not in just facts, but his life was anchored in the person of yeah. Jesus Christ, who he knew held him. So it's interesting, you know, to ask this question uh, in, in the in light of the unwavering. 
why what happens or and there's probably not enough time to unpack all this but why do some people move through trial and tribulation mm. and and come out the other side stronger a deeper faith yeah. uh, more patient more perseverance mm. more character where others just seem to uh they seem to just mm. uh, fall by the wayside or or their life comes unglued or you know they reach towards false comforts or mm-hmm. they abandon you know, any kind of faith altogether, which is kind of ironic because the reality yeah. is everybody's going to live by faith every minute of our day, every minute of our lives, yeah. we're going to live by faith. Yeah. But they, they walk away from faith in the person of Jesus, mm-hmm. and they attached their hope to something else yeah. that uh, in the end, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's confusing. I mean, just to be completely honest, it's confusing because sometimes I've seen people that I think, oh, they're, they're going to make it. Right, like these guys have they they figured it out, and then something something happens in their faith that that makes them unbelieve, or wander, or and uh, and and it, I mean just to go back to this, it says know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let the steadfastness have its full effect. Yeah. I think there's something about that that let steadfastness have its full effect. Let let the trial do what it's supposed to do. Mm, yeah. I think sometimes we don't see life like that. Like oh this trial is if it's if it's been allowed into my life we believe in the sovereignty of God if it's been allowed into my life and I I am in His kingdom and in His will then there must be a purpose for this test yeah and and it's Some not ultimate it's not to kill me end. it's not to yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's not to destroy my faith and so hanging on until we see that that purpose i think is that unwavering that we're talking yeah. about will i hang in there it's interesting as pastors uh uh those of you here listening uh we have dealt for decades mm-hmm. we've been in ministry both of us for decades and dealt with literally thousands of people mm-hmm. um in a wide variety of circumstances yeah. people who have experienced loss loss of of a of a child uh mm-hmm. you know a miscarriage deep pain uh, a wayward child um, struggles with cancers and yeah. things like that, like real stuff, real suffering. And some have held on to the person of Jesus mm-hmm. and not put him in a place of judgment. And I think that's part of the answer to maybe yeah. the question we're asking is that I think that the temptation is similar to the temptation in the garden of Satan tempted mm-hmm. Eve and said, you know, has God said that? Yeah. Is is that a good thing? Is God being good to you? I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but basically he cast doubt or slandered the character of God. His yeah. name means slander. Mm-hmm. He slanders the brethren. He slanders God to us. He slanders us to God. Mm-hmm. This is what the book of Job was about. You yeah. Know? yeah. Job's only loves you because da 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 right? Mm-hmm. And, and of course, uh, God doesn't take that bait, he, but he works it for his end. Job right. goes through intense suffering, yeah. but comes out the other side and yeah. basically says, you know. What always amazes me about the book of Job is, is Job didn't know the beginning of the book when he was going yeah. through it. Yeah, Job he didn't, didn't have know that his personal trial was a result of a, a, a conversation in the heavens yeah, cosmic, about the character of God. playing out in the yeah. background. He just thought something terrible this is happening to my life. Me, yeah. But because he, he, I mean, he asked hard questions of God, and, and you might you know, look at that and go, wow, he lost his faith. But he, he didn't, because he kept the conversation going with God. In the end, God says, well, my, my servant Job has never sinned in all of this that he said. And his mm. unwaveringness proved the character of God. And I, I think there's part of that that we don't always see, like 
there's a test of me, but there's also a test of who God is that's going on in the universe. And the faithfulness of the saints proves the character of wow. God. I, I, I think of friends of ours more deeply, your friends, you've known them for many years, but Keith and Maya, and that you've had them up here. They've shared with us their missionaries in Mexico and have been uh, for quite some time now. And both of them have gone through yeah. incredible trials. Mm-hmm. But, but Maya, in sharing about her cancer battle, I'll never forget where I was in the Kaiser campus when she started talking about it. And uh, it rocked my world. I remember because Alfonso, our, our campus pastor, was there too. And both of us at the break ended up in the, uh, in mm. the pastor's office crying because mm. we were just like, oh my goodness, she has something that we're not quite fully in ownership of yet that, that we want. And what she said was, um, one of the things that really rocked me was uh, this cancer that I have. And she was still, I think, struggling yeah, with it at the time. Yeah, still in the midst of the fight. This cancer that I have, God you know, gave me a promise that anything that comes against my body will be to the benefit of my soul. And, and I thought, yeah. oh my goodness, man, if I could really believe that, mm-hmm. if I could really believe that, then no matter how bad anything got, like a physical you know, ailment or, or anything, if I believed that, oh, if it was allowed into my life by the Heavenly Father, as painful as it is, it's going to be to the betterment of my spirit, of my soul. I'm going to grow because of this in a way that my body might diminish, but the part of me that's going to live forever yeah. is going to get stronger and, and better. And, and I, was, I ended up on my knees just like, God, I don't know if I believe that yet, but I want to. Doesn't that fly, though, in the face of our current cultural message? Our current mm-hmm. cultural message in 2023 is live your best life now. Yeah. You can have your best life mm-hmm. now. You deserve the break or whatever yeah. it is that mm-hmm. it's, it's selling, right? But how that sets us up uh, for just a skewed perspective. Yeah. Because when trials come my way, th- I, that's interfering with my goal of living my best yeah. life now. But for the believer, mm-hmm. uh, our best life isn't now. Our best life is, yeah. is somewhere in eternity. Mm-hmm. These bodies wear out regardless of how rich or famous or beautiful or whatever you are mm-hmm. or powerful, these bodies are going to wear out and I'm going to face the ultimate uh, um, maybe struggle and, mm-hmm. and they're going to end. My life is going to end. So what is my hope anchored in? If my hope is anchored in temporal things, those temporal things will not sustain me when I right. face eternity at some point in time, sooner or later. <sighs> Well, I think it's a great conversation to be in right now. Yeah. Come we're, listen. Come yeah. check us out. So we're starting this Sunday. Right. And we're going to go through till just the beginning of December, yeah. uh, having the same conversation. And of course, December, Christmas time comes, we're going to start talking about yeah. uh, the birth of our Savior. But uh, in the meantime, I would really encourage people, come come join the conversation, come hear what the Word of God yeah. has to say about living an, an unwavering life. Yeah. And, and as we're going through the series and, and we're unpacking the books of First and Second Timothy, maybe mm-hmm. you'll have questions, uh, yeah. even about what we said today. Maybe what we said today, yeah. first time you've ever heard something like that, or you've heard it and it's fine that you don't see it that way, maybe you don't agree, uh, maybe there's some unknowns, but fire mm-hmm. them off. You can go on our webpage and you can find the... You can find the link that send us the questions, and we'll we'll try to address some of them here. Yeah. So uh, this on the program, this podcast will go out a little bit later, but this Sunday will be the first Sunday that we're doing yeah. three services as yeah. well. So that'll, right. that'll be a, a change for us. Yeah. We've we've been in a season of growth, which we're thanking God for more more people to hear the gospel, more people to be discipled and and grow the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fun times at Church on the Hill.
Come along. Come yeah. along for the ride. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, like Bruce said, if there's anything we can do, um, uh, we're not just the Bible answer guys. We don't always have... I'm, I'm still growing in my understanding of the Bible, but uh, we're happy to, to hear your questions and to pray for you in those places where you might hurt and, and just need need a friend. Yep. So reach out. We'd, we'd be happy to be there. If not, uh, we would love to see you on Sunday. I mean, so if you think this would help us. somebody else or someone else might be interested in the podcast or, uh, or talking to us, just uh, pass it along. Mm-hmm. All right. Bless you guys. See you later.